Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. We want to uh, just welcome everyone who is here this morning and just uh, give thanks for the time we have together in God's Word. I know the kids are in, which creates a little bit of uh, chaos. If you've got little ones running around, if your child, your son, your precious son or daughter happens to just uh, misbehave and scream and cry, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't feel bad. We have kids in today. We know that that creates some, some great opportunities to talk about the scriptures with your children, but also create some challenges in terms of just keeping them... Um, Contained. Yeah, that's a good word, Addie. Contained. Uh, so don't worry about it, though. This is, this is, think of this as a big family get-together. And when you do that, kids are always all over the place. So um, don't feel bad about the kids. This morning, uh, I wanted just to also announce that, speaking of children, Yemi and Julia had their child this week, Tuesday. I've got a picture. There it is. She's so cute, and I was talking to Yemi on Sunday, last Sunday, and yet Yemi's like, hey, look, she was due on last Friday, and I think the baby's going to come on Tuesday. And I said, well, guess what? The dads are never right, so I'm going to take any day but Tuesday. She was born on Tuesday. So the first thing I see to him, you know, I go to the hospital visit, the first thing, oh, it was Tuesday, you know, like, okay, I get it, Yemi. So, um... So yeah, the precious, precious baby girl, and uh, she's healthy, and they're, they're back home, and just praise the Lord for uh, the gift of children. So um, I don't know if I got a little helper here today or what, but um, I don't know if... All right, one second, I'm so sorry. Okay. Go buy your grandma, she'll give you donuts. <laughs> it works every time. All right. All right, before all my other kids take off running, um, I also wanted just to say, we had talked in the, the past couple months about hiring someone to help oversee the youth ministry, the growing youth ministry here, the junior high and high school, and helping with the worship team as well. Uh, Corey Knudsen accepted the job. And he'll be starting in January. So January 20th is his first day. He's going to come on board to really uh, just give a boost to the ministry here at Mercy Hill Church. And I really, we're excited because we have a, a large and growing high school and junior high group. And within the next couple of years, it's going to be pretty, pretty substantial. And we want to make sure that we are sowing and investing into the youth here and into the families of, of Mercy Hill Church. And so... Corey's going to come on board to help do those things, and uh, we're really excited for him and for what that means for us. So it's good stuff. He's engaged to uh, Brooke Pals, who led worship, I believe it was last week, I think. And so she'll be here as well. So we just want to welcome them as they come on board, and they're going to be around. So it's good stuff. All right. You want to turn with me over to Luke uh, chapter 1, and we're going to be at the end of chapter 1, verses 78 and 79. Then we'll drop down to Luke chapter 2. So I'm going to turn with me over to Luke's gospel. As you're turning there, I just want to read uh, a quote from 
a man by the name of Philip Yancey. This is out of a book, The Jesus I Never Knew. Queen Elizabeth II visited the United States, and reporters delighted in spelling out the logistics involved. Her 4,000 pounds of luggage included two outfits for every occasion, a morning outfit in case someone died, 40 pints of plasma, which I don't know what you're going to use that for, but and white kid leather toilet seat covers. She brought along her own hairdresser, two valets, and a host of other attendants. A brief visit of royalty to a foreign country can easily cost $20 million. In meat contrast, God's visit to earth took place in an animal shelter with no attendants present and nowhere to lay the newborn king but a feed trough. The birth of Jesus Christ in Luke's gospel is framed by two proclamations of what he was going to do and who he was. And so this morning, we're going to kind of look at the bookends of the birth of Jesus Christ. So in the first part, in Luke chapter 1, Zechariah, who is John the Baptist's dad, has, is going to spell out what it means for John the Baptist's ministry, but what the ministry of Jesus Christ is always, it will look like as well. Then we'll read about the birth of Jesus, and then we're going to read about the proclamation of the angels telling the shepherds what Jesus Christ was all about. So let's begin. We'll read in Luke chapter 1, verses 78 and 79, and then we'll drop down to Luke chapter 2, verse 1. So this is Zechariah again, right after the birth of his son John, talking about the ministry of Jesus Christ. Verse 78, Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. This is describing what Jesus Christ is going to do. He's going to guide our feet into the way of peace. Now, Luke chapter 2, verse 1, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee to the town of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Verse 6, And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that shall be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, 
Thank you this morning, Lord, for the gift of life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have come to dwell amongst your people. Lord, that you entered into the brokenness. Lord, you'd entered into the the, the frailty of this life. And God, you've made yourself available to us today. Lord, we pray that as we go through your word, that you would open our hearts to receive your truth. And God, help us to see the glory that is written across every page of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I had a whole message prepared this week, worked on a message. And last night as I was going to bed, I just felt a redirection from the Lord. And at that point, it's it's late, I'm I'm going to bed, and I feel like the Lord gently saying, I've got something else that I want you to bring today, which is both exciting, but it's also like, wow, this would have been helpful to know a couple days ago. And then I thought, you know, I pro- that probably was the case, but I just wasn't listening. <laughs> so it's not God's fault, it's my fault. <laughs> but I felt just an incredible sense of this, the peace of God. The sense of the peace of the Lord. And what is, what is and how does the peace of the Lord come to us? And in this context, in the Luke chapter 2, in the first century in Palestine, it was not a place of peace. They had hundreds of years of, of different nations taking power, battles, destruction, enslavement. There's this Jesus Christ entered into a world that was not peaceful. It was peaceless. It was unbelievable. It was Alexander the Great took power in the third century BC and his, then his kingdom, he died in, and his kingdom was divided into four, by four different generals. The Jewish people rebelled in 175 B.C. And different tactics the Jews maintained to regain control of the, of the land. Rome in 63 B.C. comes and, and basically establishes control and power. And so there had been hundreds of years of battles and wars and, and different power regimes and different people trying to, to take, for the, take for themselves the control of this region. So Jesus is born into a, to a nation that is full of war and rebellion and turmoil. There was no peace in Jesus' day. Nor is there peace do we see in our day. The city of Chicago registered more homicides than any other city in the nation in 2012, surpassing even New York despite the fact that the second city has only one-third as many residents as the Big Apple. In 2012, Chicago registered 500 homicides, where New York had 419. This is 15 minutes from, from this building. 15 minutes from here. So there's 500 homicides in Chicago. Now, per capita, the, Chicago wasn't the highest. Flint, Michigan was. They had 63 murders happen in Flint in 2012. With a population of only, like, basically 100,000 people, that meant that out of every 1,600 people, there was a homicide. So every 1,600 people, there was one person that was murdered that year. And Detroit wasn't far behind it. 
That was a few years ago. What about today? More recently. August 9 in Ferguson, Missouri, Michael Brown, a black teenager, was shot and killed by a white police officer. These actions sparked riots, clashes with police, protests all over the country. On July 17, Eric Garner was pronounced dead after an altercation with police. After repeatedly telling officers he couldn't breathe, was killed by being put in a chokehold by an officer. December 3rd, a grand jury decided not to indict the officer involved. This only set off more protests and unrest. Yesterday, in New York, a gunman opened fire on two police officers, killing both before taking his own life because he wanted to take revenge for what happened to Garner and Brown. This is just yesterday in, in, in New York. We live in a world that longs, that longs for peace. And there's none to be found apart from Jesus. Even if we could get the court systems right and the government figured out and, and get all the problems worked out, it still doesn't bring back the lives that have been already lost. And here Jesus Christ enters into our world. The angels proclaim this is good news of a great joy. In the midst of a war, torn land. In the midst of turmoil and unrest, the hope of Jesus Christ comes and says, I've got good news of a great joy. I've got peace that the world knows nothing of. We can't figure it out ourselves. There's nothing but brokenness all around. And He says, Jesus Christ is going to come and guide our feet in the way of peace. He didn't introduce us to a better court system. didn't bring us into a new denomination. Better government oversight. He did it by entering the world Himself to bring us to peace. Galatians chapter 4. I'll read a couple of verses out of Galatians chapter 4. We read this. But when the fullness of time had come, this is, this is at just the right time, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. At just the right time, God provided for us the way of peace which we could never get on our own, which we never attain on our own. Just like in Jesus' day, just like in our day, the world is restless and it longs for peace, and it's looking in every place. We can fix the court system. We can just try to, to fix you know, the, the people who are living. If we can just try to do all these things, and then we'll finally have peace. But apart from Jesus Christ, there is none to be found. Jesus Christ offers the way of peace because He provides what we can never bring on, what we can never get on our own. That's peace with God and peace with one another. See, Jesus Christ came and experienced the injustice of the court system. He came and experienced racism and prejudice and hatred and the brokenness of His life. He knows what it means to experience grief and turmoil and unrest and pain. He entered into this life knowing that He would experience all these things, that He would not be treated justly, that He would not be given a fair shake, that he would be judged and condemned as a criminal 
even after he has not committed a crime. See, our, the sin in our lives, it creates brokenness. It creates broken relationships. It creates brokenness with God, but it also creates brokenness in one another. And in our own lives. Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul does a beautiful job of beginning to describe the outworking of Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Jesus Christ and the hope that we have with Him being brought into His family. And he begins to describe this as us being alienated from God, being separated from God, not having peace with God because of our sin and, and our rebellion against Him. As we've gone through the, the, the story series, as we've gone through this the past four months or so, we've seen this. There's been an alienation from God. There's been a separation from God and it brings no peace whatsoever. But God in His mercy and His grace sought us out. Brought us out of the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of Satan and brought us into His wonderful, perfect kingdom. The kingdom of His Son, Jesus Christ. And brings us to life. And He takes away the alienation that we had with Almighty God and brings us to relationship with God and peace with God. But not only that, but He also brings us to wholeness and peace with one another. He begins to describe in, in Ephesians 2, verses 13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of, of Christ. He Himself is our peace, who has made for us both one and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments and ordinances that He might create in Himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. See, in Christ Jesus, there is no white and black. There is no police officer and civilian. There is no nationality to bring distinction. In Jesus Christ, we're brought under Him and we're made one, one new man. One new person, one new family. That in this new family, there's no room for prejudice or racism or unjust. God Almighty brings us together in Himself and says, now you, are, you belong to me. And as my family, I bring peace, lasting peace. I want to close this morning with the celebration of communion. Because in Christ Jesus, in His life and death and resurrection, we have peace with God and peace with one another. And we celebrate this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 and 17, we read this. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ, in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body. For we all partake of the one bread. It's in Jesus Christ that we have unity with one another and peace with God. And I want to just bring an invitation this morning 
to anyone who has experienced an alienation from Almighty God that you feel like, I need, to, I need a wholeness. I need a peace. This comes from God alone. If there's alienation, I know as we get together with our families, some of our families, there's brokenness. There's pain. And we need to be found in a place of peace with God and the strength to make peace with one another. So this morning, as we pass out the communion elements, I want us just to take a moment to consider where and what are the areas in our lives that we need Almighty God to invade and bring peace? And what are the areas in our lives that we ourselves need to be peacemakers because of the blood of Jesus Christ that's covered us and made us one body, that we have the strength and the grace to be people who bring peace to those situations. So we're going to distribute the elements and then we're going to together as one body take the communion elements together in celebration of what Jesus Christ has done.